ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Great Scott Show. <coughs> Coach Matt Deggs coming up in 10 minutes. Drew Brees, is he trolling? Is he trolling? Brees, when it comes to his social media presence, is <laughs> about as boring and bland as it gets. He gets the information out there. He plugs what he needs to plug. It's usually some, you know, for the most part, somewhat wholesome, but he gets paid. It's either wholesome family content and he gets paid to promote something and it's boring. It's like Kirk Cousins, the quarterback, you know, can get the job done. Good guy, kind of boy. It's like the Times New Roman font. And then Drew Brees just decides, yeah. Report comes out, NBC's out after one year. Let's be honest. I mean, Breeze was okay as an analyst. He wasn't great when he was in the booth for the NFL games. I never watched any Notre Dame games last season, so I really can't comment on how he was in the booth for Notre Dame games. But I said last year when he when he signed with NBC, I was like, is this smart for NBC to do this? Did Breeze do anything during his playing career on the mic in interviews that would make you think that he's a good fit? Grubbies is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, no doubt. But did he do anything that made you say, oh, this guy's going to be really, really good in broadcasting? Now, I would talk to former teammates. I would talk to Mike Neighbors. They all felt like, hey, he's going to be great because he's going to attack it. Breeze has an ego, no doubt. And maybe he'll still, you know, stay in broadcasting. But he decides to get on social media yesterday. And, man, signing Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew makes me want to come back and play again. Great additions, leaders and players. Now, fans can read into that and go over the top with it. That's a pretty basic tweet from Drew Brees, complimenting guys and just saying, man, cool, it makes me want it. He's not being serious. Or is he? Because an hour later, he kicked the hornet's nest when he tweeted, despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids or all the above. I'll let you know. I may play football again. What? Huh? What? He's not serious, is he? The reaction was strong and mixed from everything of we don't want you back on the field to no, get out of here, not now, to oh my God, he's going to sign with the Breakers to Jameis Winston memes and all this other stuff. It was all over the place. And, 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 and the pickleball Twitter really enjoyed that tweet. Is he trolling for a guy that is as bland on social media as it gets? 
See, it comes off like he was just a little annoyed by the report about NBC and being one and done and not working out over there. The NBC tenure did not go as he had hoped because I heard him on the call for that Bengals-Raiders game in the playoffs, and it was it was a rough postseason debut for Mr. Breeze. Let's just be honest. And he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience as an NFL game analyst. Some guys can step right into the booth and crush it like Tony Romo. Other guys need time. Other guys just aren't good at it. But like a lot of things in life, you can improve in something when you work at it a lot, sports broadcasting. Breeze showed last year he's not someone that's going to land a number one NFL job on the call in the future. Could he Could he get better as a number two or number three guy? Yeah, if he wanted to go down that right route. He's still a household name to a lot of football fans. He's still big. Someone could still, you know, sign. He, he can still do broadcasting if he wants, but it's not going to be the headliner that many thought it would be. I was skeptical of. As for whether or not he's going to play again, the man's 43. I mean, we saw it in his last go run with the Saints. God love him. He looked like one of the boxers you see in a match, former heavyweight champ, late in their career when you're like, they still got the mind for it, but physically they just, they can't hold up in the ring. It's just too much. They can make a fight of it. They're not bad. But eventually, they're going down. Whether it be for the te- the 10 count or by decision, it's just... That's, that, that, was, that was Breeze late. But he's, 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 he's a lunatic. He might actually do it or try to. And if he did, he wouldn't be with the Saints. And that would be a bad idea, Saints fans. I, I, I think maybe, just maybe... He decided to kick off his shoes and say, you know what, let me let me send out a message on social media and just have some fun with it. Maybe. Maybe let me let me let me let me switch from Times New Roman font to something a lot more fancy. Let me go to the the Seago script. The Edwardian script. I'm not even going to pronounce the one that is spelled K-U-N-S-T-L-E-R. I don't want to say that on the air. But maybe he's, just, he's getting a little more outside of the box a little bit. Let me, let me go cursive. He, you, don't, you, don't, no. you don't want this, guys. You don't want him coming back. Just trust me. Drew, go, go figure it out. You want to go play pickleball? You want to go play with the kids? It's awesome. And if you really do want to come back, I I imagine even at 43, there would be some team out there that would say, we'll give it a shot, sure. I mean, look what Brady's doing. Maybe he can't do that. Maybe he can give us something. But that team cannot be the Saints. That's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. It's not. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. All right, we've talked a good bit of Cajun softball heading to the Clemson Regional. Coach Glasgow dealing with COVID. We've talked NBA playoffs. We've talked Saints. We talked a little LSU baseball. We haven't really talked Cajun baseball yet. We're going to do it next. 
Cajuns swept by Texas State. We'll visit with head coach Matt Deggs right after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. This is The Gray Scott Show. The biggest names in sports are talking to you every day on The Rich Eisen Show with me, Rich Eisen. I know! Every weekday from noon to 3, right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Monday morning. Louisiana Raging Cajun baseball coach Matt Deggs, who joins us every Monday during the season at 8.15, joins me now on the phone line. Good morning, Coach. How you feeling? Hey, Scotty. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are, how are you? I know um, it was a hard-fought series, but it didn't go the way you guys had hoped over the weekend. How do you feel when you get home from a road trip, and is it, is it harder to wash away um, defeats than it is victories? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you've worked, uh, since August for a chance to win the conference and, uh, it doesn't, you know, you don't get there. It's a sick feeling. There's just no other way to describe it. I mean, what, uh, you know, it'll take a day or so. And then you guys, uh, a quiet bus ride home. Yeah. These kids care a lot and, I don't know if there was a word spoken for seven hours. I don't know. I didn't hear one. Well, uh, you know, so much of life is about timing, Coach, right? Um, in in regards to your personal life, God's timing, how you ended up at UL the first time around, and, you know, you've been open about that. In baseball, whether it be the timing of a stolen base, pitching at the plate, hitting whatever it might be, it, it felt like in all three of these games for Texas State – um, who is really good at home. I mean, they're a really good ball club. Uh, hats off to them. It was just that timely hitting for them. Um, I know, you know, you guys left some runs um, on the field that you wish you had brought home, but just a takeaway from you, just on the Bobcats and their ability at home to get the, the timely hit, you know I, know, I know a lot of times you say, well, you know, we got to do better, and you're right, but you also have to tip the cap to the opponent sometimes as well. Well, like I told their coaching staff and Ty Harrington's a good friend of mine and uh, they need to enjoy this because it doesn't come around too often and they're really, really good and uh, they have a bunch of 23, 24-year-olds. Uh, I mean, senior day, we were there for their celebration of senior day and, you know, there's not enough room on the infield to fit the players and the families, basically. And it's a uh, they're experiencing something that is is rare is that they have a ton of seniors or older kids like real old due to COVID, et cetera, that are all playing extremely well. You don't usually get that because if you get to be a senior at this level, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's rare that those guys just really, really play great. Uh, and we're talking about a potential player of the year, uh, double-digit home runs from this guy, uh, two ERA from this guy. I mean, all of them uh, are really, really contributing. You know, we've got a handful of really good seniors. They've got an entire roster, and uh, it's experience. It's guys that have look. They had a terrible year last year, and credit those guys. They came back. They were hungry. They made adjustments. 
and uh, take the shortstop, for instance. He's totally reinvented himself in his setup, and he's got rhythm, flow. He's got a big leg kick. He's using his speed, uh, and it's just affected every part of his game. And so to answer your question, yeah, man, they made plays. They made pitches. They had great at-bats when it mattered most. And we countered that all weekend for the most part uh, and just fell a little bit short. It was a, it was a tremendous series. Right. It really was that, that hung in the balance and could have gone either way. That's the first time all year. I thought that being at home made a difference. Uh, you know, if that ballpark is at our place or if the, the series is at our place, it may turn out a little bit different. I don't know, but I, that was the first time I felt like it was a definitive advantage. Uh, not just because of the wind. It's a, it's that, that ball just jumps out of there. I mean, I had a home run out of there in BP on Thursday night, if that tells you anything. So the ball just jumps, and it's hot, and the dugouts are like being inside a, uh, I don't know, a shoebox, man. And so it's uh, it's something that you've got to be used to. And we, I thought we did a great job of countering it, uh, and, and we were right there. I mean, it's odd. You know, the weekend before we played, I think, three one-run games come over here and play three two-run games. Uh, so it's uh, it's just crazy. Very disappointing. I'm sad for our guys. Uh, you know, we're, we worked so hard to get back in position, uh, you know, to, to win this league. And that's, that's not going to happen uh, regular season. And that's always our first goal. But we can still have a great week this week and uh, make a serious run in that tournament and have an opportunity to win that tournament. We've won a lot of tournaments over the years and uh, you know, the tournament winner gets the automatic bid and that's, that's uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, start uh, posturing for that probably this week and how we do things. And uh, you know, because I believe we can go over there and win this tournament. Well, you mentioned this weekend, Coach. You, you mentioned you guys countering right there. I mean, a couple opportunities um, you weren't able to, to strike on, but you're right there in all three games. Like you said, it was a really hard-fought series. And I was watching saying to myself, I'm just glad the Sunbelt Tournament is in Montgomery and not San Marcos because to your point about Texas State at home, um, they are, they're, they're a different team there. And, and, you know, if you're hitting home runs in BP with respect – that, that does tell you a lot about that ballpark. And so um, having said that, you mentioned, look, you, unfortunately you have to put an X next to one of those goals, but you still have a big one right there, winning the conference tournament. Do you feel like this past weekend that is the only ticket into the other goal? Well, one of the other goals, which is an NCAA regional, is that now the only way in to, to, to maybe check the box for that goal for you guys? I don't. I don't. I, w- I wouldn't say the only way in. Uh, I think uh, you could win out. You could play. You know, four games in the tournament, get to the championship game. Uh, you're going to have to do some serious damage from here on in. You know, we're going to have a winning record on the road. We're still. It, this is how screwed up the RPI is. We win 
Well, I can't even trace you back. It was so UTA, and where were we before UTA? App State. App State, and right. Before that, we Georgia, were at Georgia right, State. So we go yeah. Georgia State, App State, UTA, and our RPI, oh, and take two straight on the road at Rice, and our RPI sinks like an anchor. Okay? We were 38 to 45, 44, and we win and sink like a rock. We go to Texas State, lose three two-run games, and we're holding steady, man. It's it's such a lie, this thing. It's a joke, and uh, you got teams canceling games. You got, yeah. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's just nuts, man. So, and I get it. I I get it, man. We didn't make up a couple games because of it. But there was legitimate weather. Uh, so they got to redo that. And, uh, you know, to answer your question, is is that the – I don't know that that's the path you want to shoot for. Sure. I mean, because here's the deal in all reality. We would have to sweep this weekend. I hope that Coastal and Georgia Southern, you know, somebody in there gets swept and finish in the top three, there's just a, there's a lot of, we put ourselves behind eight ball. Let's just face it. Yeah, it, it was, I'm yeah. not telling, I've seen weirder things. I know of a ball club that had, I've seen weirder things. All right. I know of a team that had exit meetings. This was a while back. Everybody left, man. And then they, they didn't even watch the selection show and got their name called, had to call everybody back, apologize to a couple of people, I guess they probably released, and go play in a regional. So I've seen crazier stuff. It, but never say never, we're but more than yeah. capable. Right. This team, look, this team's more than capable of going on a really good run. We've proven that. Seven straight series, you know, win five, drop one, win five, drop. Like, we can get on a good run. And uh, we'll recover from this and, and uh, you know, pick ourselves up. The good news is this. We can hit, wing swing the bat. We can play exciting offense. Uh, we can really defend. We've proven that we can pitch it. We can, we can do four or five straight games in Montgomery. There's no doubt about it. But to counter that, so can about seven other ball clubs in this league. This is a tough league this year. I love conference tournaments. If you said, hey, you want to win the regular season or a conference tournament, I'd take conference tournament because it's just so much fun. And it just, it's like a, it's just a, an explosion of excitement when you win that thing. And like I said, I've been fortunate to be a part of a lot of, you know, tournament champions. And it's, I know it's doable. And I know our guys believe that. So, uh, we're going to keep working, keep playing. And I know this, I love this team. I wish we could stay together, you know, ride this thing all the way through Omaha. And, and uh, you never know, maybe the good Lord blesses us and we make a serious run. I know that's the goal. Coach Matt Deggs is our guest, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. It's a great Scott show. Um, Coach Connor Higgs is a, is a young man that's been getting some uh, some PT. He had a, a double. He ended up getting to third on Saturday and I usually like to ask you about one or two players each week, and 
watching him play this weekend, I was like, there's one I, I haven't asked Coach about. But, you know, I know he arrived in Lafayette, did some stuff with the King Cutters. He's a Texas kid. Um, what can you tell us about this young man, this lefty from uh, from Texas City and what he brings to the table? Well, he's he's like my nephew, right? Me and his dad are best friends, and he's one of my best buddies. We grew up together since we were eight. So, Texas City kid, he's he's uh, got more power than you know anybody in the parish. Not even close. Just raw power. Uh, but he's raw, right? He's got to put it together, and uh, he's got the speed and strength tool and. But he's learning, and just like so many of them that are raw, athletic raw, you know, they, they, you've got to uh, you, you got to have it bad. You got to have experience, and, and COVID stunned that for a lot of guys. Last year, he got hurt, uh, broke his wrist, and uh, he's he's been through a lot of ups and downs, and just works. You know, he works his butt off. It ain't about him. Uh, he's a great teammate. But his BP is, you know, he could take BP with the Astros right now and fit right in. Uh, but there's a difference between being a five o'clock hitter and a and a seven o'clock hitter. And right now he's in that five o'clock hitter category, and he got he's got figured out when the lights come on. And uh, he's been getting better and better and better. Had a chance to see it. I just thought visually a couple of guys that they were running out there he would match up against, and he did. And I was proud of him. Made a great play and left. Uh, he'll play a bunch here one day. He's just got to keep working and working and working. Coach, one more thing. When it comes to, to being ultra-aggressive, which is what this team – this is is what this team is. It's how they play offensively. Can you give me one example or rather two examples this weekend, different examples, one of when you called for a stolen base and it worked and what was the key to it? And maybe a time where you called for it and the timing was just off and it didn't work. What What is the mindset before you make that call like? I know it's situational, right? But I would love your perspective on when you guys make that call and, and give the guy the green light. Well, all of our guys have the green light. They run him. So a lot of times you see us run, and that's they're doing that. They're, our guys play with a ton of freedom. And so, you know, a lot of times they'll bunt on their own, they'll run on their own. And, you know, that's the trust factor in it. And uh, that's how you learn to play the game. And so uh, we've got TR, uh, you know, straight still on his own. And the runner at third, who's Higgs, who doesn't have a lot of experience, uh, he's got to see that that's a tremendous jump. He's got to stay right there. Uh, then you get a first and third play. We fake a break. TR's at third. Debo's at first. Two dead. Chance to steal a run. We fake a break early to see if they're going to throw through. So in first and third spot, the the manager or the head coach sends in a, a first and third play. Catcher puts it on. All right, that's fine. Watch the metal guys see. Uh, if they're going to tip, who's going to cover? If they're going to throw through, if you can't see that, you take a break and see if the middle infielder jumps. Well, the second baseman jumped hard on Debo's first break, so we come back with a still stop, and they throw through, and we don't run from third. Uh, that's you know that's a mistake. The mistake 
that I just explained before. That's a mistake down by two, trying to run on the backside of TR's got the back stolen easy. So he's a tie and run. Uh, and then, you know, we're down by two in a five run inning. TR's reading the throw from the, the center fielder. He has, he doesn't have a reason to go there. Okay. He's just being aggressive and I can appreciate that. Uh, and it looks like it's going to go over his head. Guy makes a great play and throws him out at second. So there's three runs, and what really magnified it is once we're in the middle of a rally, and then two other times I think we uh, cashed in. Mm-hmm. You're danged if you do, danged if you don't, because we were stranding guys, and when you start stranding guys, you start, you know, our guys are so aggressive, we start looking for ways to contribute and uh, affect the game in different ways, and if you grind in your gears a little bit, it can get exposed. Coach Matt Diggs, our guest. Um, you guys out here. Oh, and then we had this, you know, so uh, Hoodie is in a two-strike count. He just doesn't strike out very much. And uh, so I, we got a guy that's 1-4, one, 1-3-5 one, to 1-5 to the dish. They're sidewinder. Uh, and so I run Debo. So a lot of times I'll call, I'll call it with a body language sign or verbal and or, like I said, everybody's got the green light. Uh, so I run Debo in a two-strike count because I want to clear that second baseman and uh, let let uh, Hurdy try to pop that empty hole. And it just, we just come off a slider and fall across the plate and make a little contact with the catcher. It's just some unfortunate stuff, you know. There was a ball. This kind of summed up the weekend. It's early in the game yesterday. I forget who's at second. It was a it was a great base running play though. Runner at second, no outs. Might be a Jew. I can't remember. And and J Bo Brandon gets in a two strike battle with the guy. I'm asking him to move him right. So we're going to hit behind him, and he does. He holds his hands back and flips the ball to the second baseman. It's a tweener, man. It's about three foot off the ground, and the base runner at second doesn't know if he's going to catch it or if it's going to hit in front of him. So we actually hit a ground ball to second. I say a ground ball is a one hopper that we couldn't advance on. Just crazy stuff like that. It was a great base running play, and it was a great job by J-Bo. Uh, but it hung in the air long enough that we can't get doubled off right there. That, that's baseball, right? I mean, I know the phrase gets used a lot, but sometimes uh, it's beautiful, and uh, sometimes it gets you. I guess I guess you... Strike three on Temple called at his neck. Yeah, I see. I, I, I that? That, that one that one was trending on social for a little while. That was a that was a bad call. I I remember um, I remember that one well. I'm seeing it in my head right now. It was uh, it was a, it was a weekend of a lot of up and downs. I know, Coach. You know, you opened up. It's it's harder to flush the losses and the wins, and especially with one of your goals. But as you said, right, you still got some big goals still in front of you, and you guys have responded throughout this year what's the key to you guys responding this week you got four games left they're all at home Nichols tomorrow you got little rock friday saturday sunday what's the big key for you guys heading into montgomery on a nice win streak and and, and playing really good ball oh i think just that's who we are man everybody here loves to play uh it's a tight unit man everybody on this ball club contributes in some form or fashion, they all love each other, and uh, 
they just like being around each other, man. And so, that look, they love to play, they love to win, they love to compete. That's not something that that I would even address or or think that we had to worry about. That our guys like to get after it, and so we'll bounce back. And uh, you know, it'll take a day. That's fine. Everybody's sick to their stomach right now, and they should be. We all should be. Uh, if, if you're not, then you're just not a competitor. Uh, you might want to go, you know, <laughs> try something else. I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll get past this. And the great part about baseball is we get to play four games on a short week and uh, load the bus up next Monday and head to Montgomery. And I'm proud of our guys for working their butts off and doing enough to put themselves in a position that they're not in a play-in game. Now that would be a sick feeling. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're high enough in the standings. You don't have to worry about that. And you get to get back on the diamond quickly after last week and tomorrow against Nichols Thursday, Friday, Saturday, correct? Is um, you, uh, it's the final regular season series of the weekend and then it's off to Montgomery. We'll yeah. see how it uh, lays out, but I know, um, I, how do you, how do you balance the, I'm sure there's some anxiousness in a good way of getting to the tournament, right? And just in playing because that's, there's still some big goals there. How do you balance not getting ahead of yourself and, you know, or, or do you, do you, do you, do you manage, do you coach these next few days in a way that you're also, you know, maybe some of your decisions, you're also thinking ahead to next week or does that, is there enough time in between that you don't have to do that? Well, players play, coaches coach, and these guys need to stay engaged in the moment and, uh, you know, continue to get after it. You know, one thing they are is fun to watch, and that's their job. Uh, and let me worry about, you know, what's coming up and, and uh, how we're going to approach it. And that's, you know, that's kind of the way that we go about it. Louisiana Rays Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs, our guest coach. I appreciate you as always waking up early, and um, well, you're always, you're already up early, but coming on with me every Monday morning and uh, and talking baseball. Uh, look forward to talking to you next week. We'll see you out at the ballpark. In the meantime, I'll let you get back to your Monday. And uh, thanks again. I will say this: one of the funner parts of the weekend was watching Sheffield and Rockefeller change it, exchange uh, punches. For, for player of the year. That was pretty cool. Both of those guys, I don't know if you really tuned in, but it was tit for tat. And uh, that was two really good players going at it all weekend. That, that was that was pretty fun to watch. Let me, let me ask you this, Coach. If Rock played in that ballpark, what, what, how different are his numbers? Because they're really dang good. I think they're all American good. But if he played in that ballpark all season, I mean, where would they be? 25 and 85 or 90 right now, probably. <laughs> uh, that's Georgia State or, you know, Texas State. Uh, that's not taking anything away from Sheffield. My goodness. You talk about clutch. I, I don't know if that cat hit a weak ball all weekend. Uh, it was impressive. He'd do something, Rockwood. You could tell they were going at each other. And uh, it was fun. Awesome. Well, Coach, um, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk soon. In the meantime, man, I'll let you get to it. Enjoy your Monday, and uh, okay. we'll see you out of the ballpark. Thanks so much. Thanks, guy. That is Coach Matt Deggs, and, and I'm glad he brought up the Rocco Sheffield part there because, you know, Sheffield probably 
Sunbelt Player of the Year, I think last weekend played part of it. I think the standings where your team finishes and the standings plays a part of it. I think the numbers are there. But Rocco has been so good. I mean, I think they're both All-American good. Which I guess if you're an All-American, you're great, right? They have those kinds of numbers. They played like that in this weekend. They, they were putting on a show, man. They were putting on a show. 40 after the hour, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Braith. When we come back, what's Coach Glasgow's status for the Clemson Regional as he is battling uh, COVID-19 at the moment? We'll talk about Cajun softball heading to Clemson. My conversation with third baseman Jordan Campbell will air that for you tomorrow on the show. Jay Walker will be on tomorrow. Ralph Malbro as well. Speaking of Ralph, Saints talk. The Saints signed Jarvis Landry Friday, and yet it's Drew Brees Saints fans are talking about on a Monday. And two Game 7 stinkers in the NBA. What's DeAndre Ayton's future as he heads into free agency, albeit as a restricted free agent? We're going to try to get into all of that in the final segment, plus open phone lines at 337-269-1077. Don't go anywhere. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Phone lines open here in the final segment, 337-269-1077. What's Coach Glasgow's status for the NCAA Regional? You can read more about that over at ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. He continues to uh, deal with his COVID-19 diagnosis. Earliest he can return is Thursday, but if you want more on that, as well as Coach Justin Robichaud's thoughts on preparing this week as coach glasgow deals with covid that's over there for you on our website talk to coach robichaud and assistant coach Lacey progel back in the seven o'clock hour you can hear all of that later today via the great scott show podcast which you can get off of our website off of the app and anywhere else you get your podcasts google itunes spotify Just look up the great scott show and uh you can hear all your stuff on demand there whenever you want. The numbers have been very, very good with on-demand listening, and I appreciate everybody who uh, takes the time to download the show. If you like it, give it a nice rating. I'd certainly appreciate that, but um, appreciate all of you. As we mentioned, opening up phone lines, NBA playoffs, Drew Brees' comment, which Dennis Allen has now said he thinks it was just made in jest. He thinks, me thinks as well. Uh, let's get into it. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Hello. Uh, I didn't hear your segment on um, Chris Paul. Is he point guard or point fraud? Just the idea to even have a segment named that is kind of ludicrous. 
uh, what, what, what makes him a point fraud? Nothing. I don't think he's a point fraud. That was the that was that was that was the discussion uh, all over social media last night because in these last two games when they needed it most, he he came up very very small. And now, what's the report? Didn't the report come out? Now, of course, we're going to sell excuses. You know, quad injury. You heard anything? I, I I won't be surprised if something comes out. But that also oh, that came out. Chris Paul had a serious quad injury. Well, they said that. Um, I read a report. They said after the game, he was limping. Like they noticed that he was having quad issues. I think I think Patrick Beverly was like mocking it somehow online or something. Um, that that's all I saw about it. I don't. I think it was something that Beverly tweeted saying like, "Oh, he insinuated that um, he was faking it." That's all I saw about it. And then Mark Spears stated <laughs> that you know it was a quad injury. But look, Chris Paul is one of the greatest of all time. The unfortunate thing is on the big stage, in the big moments when it's counted a lot, he's had some rough outings. And last night wasn't just, well, they lost a close game and he played okay. It was super bad. And, you know, that's when that's when those things happen. I think at 37 years old, he said, look, I'm not retiring. I'll be back next season. But Phoenix has to take a serious load management approach with Chris Paul next year. Yeah, because the guy's yeah. not going to say I need it. He needs it desperately. Devin Booker deserves, um, I- I- he deserves a, a good bit of heat. I mean, how do you go three of fourteen in in a game seven at home? How, do, how are you minus forty one if you're Devin Booker? How do you get eleven points? I, I thought I thought he was bad. They only played eight and th- seventeen minutes. I was I was shocked. I was shocked by yeah, how Luka bad came out. Came Phoenix out. got beat. Luca came out hot, stayed hot. Uh, just oh, he's a bad man. Know, I mean, he, how many guys would you take right now? And I know he's—I know he wouldn't go first overall. But how many players today would you take ahead of Luca if you were like uh, only thing that starting I don't a franchise? Like the, the, well, I don't know. Uh, but the thing about Luca, yes, he's a great player, man, dominant, but. You know, a lot of players, a lot of the media will call out, and he does get called out by some people, his defense. You know, some people, they will call out a player of his caliber if he was just kind of lackadaisical on defense. Now, of course, he's getting a little bit better. But um, he's a top, He's a, yeah, he's probably top three. I mean, God, and he's only 23. Like, if Dallas I mean, adds some pieces, man. Luke always has an advantage over the American players, man. This man's been battle-tested playing in, Moments like this in 16. He look. He doesn't look 23. He doesn't play 23. And to your point, he's been playing professionally for a long time. But it, it's it, the fact that the Mavs have this guy. It's gonna. It's gonna drive Pelicans fans crazy for years. I think because the, Cuban's gonna be. Cuban is not one of those owners that's gonna look at the roster and say, "Well, we got to the conference finals, so we don't have to add a ton." He's not gonna do what Portland did. Like, he's going to be out there trying to add some big pieces after this run they've had. And we'll see what happens. In, I mean, again, I've... I've, I've Would yeah. you add eight? Like, do they need a big... Do they need a five? I don't know. I mean, what did Powell play 20 minutes last night? Where do you see Aiden, man? I don't see Aiden. Uh, I, don't I see, see I him. Different. If it's not Phoenix, there are four teams. Uh, the Knicks, the Pacers, 
or the Pistons. Oh, yeah. I think they would all make a run at him. And I do think there's one team in the West that, that would like him, and that's San Antonio. I think the Spurs would like DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Uh, another team I was thinking, but it's basically a list. No, I was thinking Miami, but, you know, I know they got uh, out of value. Uh, and just, I'm, the reason I said Miami, because I know he's from the Bahamas. So just the idea of playing close to his, uh, his homeland. Uh, but, hey, I don't know if you read my email. I sent you an email earlier, and I feel that the Knicks. Yeah, no. Yeah, so. I, 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 I'm with you there. Um, I think it's definitely a pop. I, look, he's going to get a max, and then it's going to be up to Phoenix whether or not they want to match it. That's And after last night with that performance, not by him, just by the team as a whole, they have to be careful not to let it shape their entire outlook on the offseason. You lost a seven-game series that you should have won. When you lose the last two games by as badly as you did, I don't know, man. You can't carry that emotion with you all the way into the offseason. And um, they had a really good team this year. I mean, they won 64 games, but last night was an embarrassment. I mean, it's one thing to lose. It's another to lose the way they did. It was awful. Hey, but one more thing. I'm not a uh, – I, I like what Draymond Green – I love that, matter of fact, uh, the way he called out Perkins. I like that. Uh, also, I missed it. Uh, I didn't even see it, but – if he called out also, Perkins, he called good. him an ogre. Uh, called him an <laughs> ogre. But anyway, uh, now you know I predicted um, Milwaukee and uh, Golden State. So I guess now it's going to be Golden State versus Miami. Maybe so. Probably. I mean, look, I had Phoenix and Milwaukee in a rematch, and I was way off on that. I I, I disrespected Boston and Dallas. I didn't, you know, on Friday I didn't think they had a shot to win their series, and here we are on Monday, and they're. They're in the conference finals and decisively with their victories over the weekend. Yeah. Like to see Green. You think Green's going to guard Luca? Yes. That stretches. Yeah, I think there'll be. I think there'll be some stretches there. And look, Luca. Luca whines a lot, man, and and he can play kind (laughs) of dirty, but. I said this last hour. I like Luca. His 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 grin is about the most disrespectful condescending I mean that that look he was given last night it was so petty and I think that this Dallas Golden State series if if it's not you know if you can get it to six or seven if you can extend it a little bit I think the back and forth between Draymond and Luca is going to be well worth the viewing experience I I think that's going to be a lot of fun not just because they're good (laughs) players but because of how just the way they play and the emotion and, and the trash talk and all of that will be good. Speaking of trash, I know um, Stephen A. Trash put out, I think, you know, a couple of um, Dallas fans mocking him. I think what he said about, what, four five, uh, four years ago? Saying, I don't know about this European player, but I'm taking eight, number one. <laughs> that's, uh, that's crazy. Think about that, Scott. You have a situation where I think Trey Young was in that draft. Of course, Trey Young was Trey Young's draft good. Right yeah. Stated was traded for Luca, uh, his draft rights. So that's nice, man. Uh, they have a class of uh, caliber players such as, uh, I think, you know, five, I don't know who went. I don't know the order right off my head. But but, know you, know who else went, you know who else went in that draft in the second round? Who? Spencer Dinwill. Spencer Dinwiddie, oh. who last night, <laughs> not not on the team that drafted him, dropped 30 with him. Um, yeah. Oh, no, I take that. What am I? No, never mind. Dinwiddie's been around longer than that. I'm getting my drafts confused. My bad. I think he was like hey, 14 who, who or 15. The, what were the top five picks? Who, who were the top five picks in that draft? I know eight and one. Uh, Bagley, Marvin Bagley went to Sacramento oh. second overall. 
There's Sacramento for you. Um, Luca went third. Jaron Jackson, I think, was fourth to Memphis. Sacramento, what are you doing? I know. You had, you had, you had, you, your, your team was based off of European, uh, European style players back in the late 90s, yep. early 2000. Trey you Young. You wouldn't go out to a player like that? Trey Young uh, went fifth. Uh, that was your oh, top wow. five. Aiton, Bagley, Doncic, Jackson, Jaron Jackson, and Trey Young. Now, look, Aiton's good. Trey Young's an all star. Luca's obviously the best of the bunch. Jaron Jackson's a nice player. Marvin Bagley, the third. What? I, I don't know if I don't know if it's because he's in Sacramento, or or was in Sacramento. He's on the Pistons now, right? Like I don't know anything well, about him. Scott, Nothing. Please tell me Divac wasn't on the wasn't in the office around that time. He he might have been. I mean they've been they've been wow. through so many. Um, what looking from? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> let me let me see when Divac was. In King's front office. Let me Google that real quick, and then I got to go. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. He was the GM of the Kings. It's not. It's. I'm not able to find it. I'm not able to find oh, okay. it. But I, I'm going to have to do some research, man. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, man, I took too much of your time, and uh, thank you. You got it, man. But now you got me curious. Divac as the GM. He, yeah, I mean, yeah, Divac was there. Divac was there. He was there, and they selected Marvin Bagley the third and passed on Luka Doncic. And the next year, they finished ninth in the West, and they got all excited like they were actually doing something. Holy cow, man. Holy cow. All right. You want more on Drew Brees, who Dennis Allen said the comment was made in jest, or at least he thinks so. Uh, All that and more over at ESPNLafayette.com. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Jordan Campbell, Rage Cajun Softball Third Base, in my interview with her. Ralph Malbro, Jay Walker in studio. You don't want to miss it. This has been the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Dan Patrick is next.